to the end. I figure by the time I get to my 19th anniversary here at the church, we should be done. It's another year and two months or something like that. So uh, that gives me a little bit of time to get through nine more chapters. So we're good. Psalm 141. It's Psalm 141, just 10 verses, but uh, full of wonderful truth. In fact, uh, one or two verses might seem very familiar to you, at least one uh, specifically, uh, where the psalmist asked God to do something that you probably heard before. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth, keep the door of my lips. Boy, what a need there is for that in light. But I hope you will see it in light of the context because uh, uh, it really is a little bit different than uh, the way I think often we look at it. Now, I've always understood it to be, uh, Lord, I just say the wrong things all the time. But there's a little different scenario here in Psalm 141. And, um, and so I hope you will be challenged by what we find here this evening. So let's pray, ask God to help us, and then we'll dig in. Father, we are very thankful for the Word of God, for the truth of God, uh, and for uh, the Psalms, for uh, the various Psalms that teach us important lessons for life. And I ask you tonight to uh, help us to understand what this Psalm is all about. I uh, pray that you would uh, give us not only understanding, but that uh, you touch our heart with truth, that we might uh, learn things that we need to learn from what is written in Scripture. Thank you that this was given by inspiration of God, that it's profitable, and may we find the profit in our heart and life tonight as the Word is opened. Open our eyes, give us understanding, pray that your Spirit would guide us in all truth as He has promised to do in Jesus' name. I ask it. Amen. Lord, I cry unto Thee. Make haste unto me. Give ear unto my voice when I cry unto Thee. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Incline not my heart to any evil thing, to practice wicked works with men that work iniquity, and let me not eat of their dainties. Let the righteous smite me, it shall be a kindness. And let him reprove me, it shall be an excellent oil, for uh, which shall not break my head. For yet my prayer also shall be in their calamities. When their judges are overthrown in stony places, they shall hear my words, for they are sweet. Our bones are scattered at the grave's mouth, as when one cutteth and cleaveth wood upon the earth. But mine eyes are unto thee, O God the Lord. In thee is my trust. Leave not my soul destitute. Keep me from the snares which they have laid for me, and the gins of the workers of iniquity. Let the wicked fall into their own nets, that I withal escape. Well, guess what? The psalmist is in trouble again, as he has been probably 130 different times out of 141 chapters. It seems like many of the psalms are focused on difficult days, on troublesome times, and uh, and maybe there's a lesson just in that, that life uh, sometimes throws us more curves than we would necessarily like to face. And yet, uh, God has a plan. 
you'll notice uh, that Psalm 140 deals with somewhat the same situation, a troublesome time. Deliver me, it starts out. You'll notice that Psalm 142 also deals with a troublesome time. I cried unto the Lord. Uh, Psalm 143 would be the same. Four psalms coupled together, all dealing with troubles in life. Psalm 143 begins, Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplications. In thy faithfulness answer me, and in thy righteousness. In each one, the psalmist is facing trouble. Uh, in each one, we don't necessarily know exactly what that trouble, trouble is. Although in Psalm 142, we're told it's a prayer when he was in the cave. I would think we kind of know where that one was and what was going on a little bit to, to that extent. But we, this we do know. He was in trouble and he needed God's help. Someone wrote uh, these words in a very simple poem. In every trouble I cannot bear, there is relief. And answered prayer. What hope it brings to look to God in every path of life I try. And they are exactly right. Uh, this psalm reminds us of that truth. Look, when I'm in trouble, uh, there is a God I can call upon. So let's walk through this psalm and let's begin with what the psalmist begins with uh, the cry. That's what we see right at the beginning. Lord! I cry. By the way, he's, he's a big baby, I think, it seems like. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you the truth, um, quite a few times in life, although I wouldn't want to admit it all that much because that's not a manly thing to do, uh, there are troubling times that break our heart, that give us great trouble and great sorrow. And such is what is found here in Psalm 141. I cry unto thee, make haste unto me, give ear unto my voice, when I cry unto thee. A um, couple things I want to share with this cry in verses 1 and 2. First, I want you to see his heart. I think it's indicated both in the fact that twice in one verse he says, I cry. Um, our song begins with, with that cry. Uh, he reveals that he comes to God with tears, indicating a couple things. First, the severity of the problem but also the emotional strain. Um, you know, we like to think that uh, we like to think that we're tough enough to handle difficulties. Uh, we would like to think that we can make it on our own. We would like to think that we're strong enough to handle our difficulties, but the fact that he comes to God and says, God, I cry unto thee. It uh, just shows the great emotional struggle and strain and turmoil that sometimes comes to the life. I think it also reveals a brokenness before God. God, I, I can't do anything about this situation. My heart is broken. My heart is, is uh, I, you know, I come with a whole heart, God, asking you for help. Didn't we sing about being true-hearted and whole-hearted tonight? And that seems... Uh, the focus of the psalm, psalmist as he in, in uh, the depths of emotional struggle says, God, I cry unto thee. God, I cry. Hear me. I need your help. He realizes he needs God. He's desperate for the help of God. And he doesn't come with a, 
a half-hearted gesture, feigning concern. You know, Lord, I'm really concerned about this. <laughs> but the tears slowing down his face tell God uh, over and over, hey, Lord, if you don't work, I won't make it. So there was a heartfelt prayer. And I am so thankful that when I, when I come to God with a broken heart, when I come to God with a whole heart, when I come to God with a sincere heart, when I come to God, as was just mentioned, brokenhearted, that there's a God who is interested in my tears, who's concerned about my need, and who doesn't just push me off and say, yeah, okay. Um, and what a wonderful truth. So the cry reveals um, something about his, his heart. Um, and then another word that I thought we could give you in description was um, found in the second phrase, or the third phrase, I cry unto thee, make haste unto me, give ear unto my voice. I, the second word I put was here. David was in a place in life when he needed God. Now, that's true all the time. But when are we painfully made aware of the fact that we really need God? When everything's going well, there's a tendency to forget him, isn't it? Isn't there? There's a tendency to okay, it's good, Lord. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And we go on our way, and maybe even our prayer life suffers a little bit sometimes. Uh, well, we may not admit it, but, you know, it's the time of life we don't have when the pressure's on, when our heart is broken, when we're in emotional struggle and turmoil over the situations of life, stress. By the way, stress isn't a simple thing or a bad thing. Some people try to get away from it. Um, but what we need to do is to look to God in it and say, God, hear me. I need you. And that's what the psalmist saying. With his whole heart, tearful, uh, cry out to God. He comes and he says, God, I, I need you. And we do. I read about a guy by the name of Anatoly Levitin. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He was a Russian writer and historian. And uh, because of his faith in Jesus Christ, from what I understand, he was taken and he was put into, into a Siberian gulag. Some who knew him and loved him were concerned for him, as anyone would be. They con con were concerned that he might not stay true to God or faithful in the crisis or that he might come back, as it seems like some did who were, who were tortured for their faith a number of years ago uh, as they would stand for God. Uh, but he came back quite spiritually fit. And, uh, and so people asked him the question, how? How did you make it? And he wrote about it. Uh, he learned the power of heartfelt prayer. And he wrote these words, the greatest miracle of all is prayer. I have only to turn mentally to God, and at once I feel a force that pours into me from somewhere, into my soul, my whole being. It comes from outside me, and there is no force in the world which could ever resist it. You know, he learned uh, in the gulag, he learned what the psalmist was asking God to do here. And that's, God, I need you. I need you to hear. And 
I am thankful that when I come with a heart that's broken, a heart that is burdened, that's stressed with the situations of life that I can do nothing about, I can say, God, hear me, and I can expect God to hear. Oh, thou that hearest prayer, Psalm 65, 2 says, unto thee shall all flesh come. Psalm 102, 17 says, he will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. And if there's a guy who's destitute, Psalm 141 describes it. So two words that I've given you to describe verse 1 uh, would be hear and heart. But there's one other word, and this is the one that I find myself asking all the time. There's a phrase I skipped. Lord, I cry unto thee, make haste unto me, give ear to my voice when I cry unto thee. There's a phrase I left off that has another H. Yeah, I put it this way, hurry. <laughs> you ever pray that way? Oh, you might not use that word, but you ever pray that way? God, hurry. <laughs> Make haste. I need you to work, and I need you to work. Yesterday, um, we all would like God to remove our problems right away. Um, I'm thankful when I need God right away, I can ask him to make haste, to hurry. And he can, so that I can be driving down the road, someone can cut me off, and I can ask God to make haste, to hurry. Here! Uh, I can lose control as I'm driving down the road on slippery roads, and I can say, God, I need you now! And I can know he hears. But there's also a sense, and we need to share this, that sometimes God's timing is not ours. And a lot of times God brings us much further and much longer in the depths of, of despair and heartache, as the psalmist was, and says, okay, it's not my time yet. And I'm thankful that I can still ask God to make haste. That God is not offended because I've come and I've said, God... I need you, and I need you now, and I need you to come, and I need your help. And I am uh, just so thankful that when I come with that heart and I ask God to hear, uh, when I'm right with God, I can ask God, Lord, hurry up. It'd be a great blessing if you'd take me out of this. Um, now, I need to have a right heart in it, but I'm thankful I can do all those things. And when I do, that there is a God heaven that is interested, that's concerned. Um, I am, uh, we, we serve a great God and a God who's concerned. Our heart is concerned. He encourages us in the New Testament with the words that we repeat so often, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And Psalm 141 verse 1 reminds us of that again. So we find the cry. Um, I, you know, verse 2 continues that. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense. He wanted, he asked, he made requests here, and I, I didn't have another H, sorry. So you can put whatever you want for this. But he made a request, kind of the picture of verse 2 is, God, I, I, it's, my, it's my prayer that my prayer will be special to you. 
that like sweet incense that is offered up, God, you would, you would smell the, the offering that I'm making in my prayer and that you would be pleased to deal with it. Give attention, if you would, to my prayer. And maybe that goes along with the hurry a little bit, okay? God, um, give respect to what I'm asking of you because what I'm asking of you is not sinful. It's not for myself. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense would would be pleasing to you may my prayer be pleasing to you and the lifting up of my hands uh, like the evening sacrifice that also was well pleasing to God may my prayer be that way uh, perhaps we would even put uh, maybe the word holiness okay I think I did come up with an H alright but God may my prayer uh, come up before you like the offerings that are made in the temple and uh, uh, holy prayers and may you be concerned and hear. Notice uh, the concern, verses 3 and 4. Uh, when I come to God and I ask and I have difficulty in situations, there's things that I need God to help me with, and there are some concerns he shares. And this is where we have that verse that is very familiar, that sometimes we quote, saying, God, I need you to control my lips, and don't we need the Lord to control our lips? James chapter 3 reminds us of that fact, and, and half of the Proverbs are all about our tongue and how dangerous the tongue can be and how it can do the wrong kind of things. But let's understand the context here. The context is trial. The context is when he's in where he's asking God to set a watch on his lips is when in the depths of despair and in, in dire circumstances. And so... Here's a concern that he had and a concern that we all need to have. I might declare things that I ought not declare. I might say things, but I had to go with the letter D so I could follow alliteration. I might say things that I ought not say. Um, have you ever said something in your difficulty that you shouldn't have said? Have you ever said something and you let it out? And then it's like, as soon as you let it out, it's like, I shouldn't have said that. Been there? You know when we often say things when we that we ought not when we're under pressure when we're under great stress How do you treat the kids when you're under stress Oh I'm always I my kids How do you treat your mate when you're under pressure When you're in the depths of a, a difficulty. Well, be understanding. Just, I'm just facing a lot of pressure right now. Aren't those the times that we, we snap at people? We say things we shouldn't say? So we say things a lot of times we regret, and later on we have to go and make it right, you know, like I didn't handle the situation right. I understand why he prayed this way. God set a watch before my lips. You know why? Because when I'm stressed and I'm under pressure and I've got people demanding things of me that I can't provide. And look, this guy was responsible. What do you have, like 450 men? He's responsible for their well-being when they're being chased by Saul. He had their care. He had provision of food and everything else that was necessary. And sometimes he was just trying to survive himself. So here's a guy under pressure, and can you imagine someone from his, his group coming? 
and saying, David, I got this problem and I need an answer for it. And David's kind of like, I got my own problems. Seriously, can, can, you not, can you not picture that? Have you ever said that? Well, I got my own problems. I don't need yours too. Okay, you've never done that. All right, I'm the only one that's ever said that. Maybe you don't say it out loud. You're saying it inside. Like, you want me to take care of your problems. You take care of mine, I'll take care of yours. Set a watch, O Lord. My, isn't that a good prayer? Isn't that an important prayer? Because it's at the stressful times of life we find that a lot of times we say things we shouldn't. And quite honestly, I've never seen it in the context of trials. But that is when I do need God to control my lips. Because when I'm stressed, I have a tendency to speak my mind and let people have it because I'm hurting. And that is the time I need God's grace and strength to keep control. That I not say things that hurts people. That I not say things which destroy people, that I not say things to my enemies because in this situation he had people physically that were harming him that he shouldn't say. Set a watch before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. A great concern he had was that really powerful things. And when we're all in stressful situations and facing difficult times, we need to be very careful what we say. I read a story about a public speaker who shared this. He said, Courtney is the daughter of one of our staff, and she had a miserable cold on her ninth birthday. So there was no party, there was no happy birthdays for her at school or anything else. So I gave her a quick call that day. I sang happy birthday, and he said that probably made her sicker. But... I wanted to do something to cheer her up a little bit on that day. You know, it's tough to be sick on your birthday. Well, he went on. Courtney and her seven-year-old brother, uh, Eddie, were in the office uh, the other day. And I joked with them. And I said, I guess Courtney's still eight because if you're sick on your birthday, it doesn't count. And then he said, ha, 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 very funny, isn't it? Um, that night, as Eddie was wrapping up his day, he told his mother, guess what? Courtney isn't two years older than me after all. And when his mom asked why, Eddie said, because, because Ron said that if you're sick on your birthday, your birthday doesn't count. And the, the, the speaker said he was serious. And he went on to say, how many times my wife has said to me, I don't think you understand the power of your words. And he said, it isn't just me. I don't think most of us understand the power of our words in the lives of people in our personal world. And he's right. And we need God to guide our lips at all times, but especially when we're under pressure, especially when we're in crisis, especially when people are treating us in an evil way. He'd say, is there anything significant about verse 3? Well, look at verse 5, and I think you'll understand why he needed God to help him, because who was the one that was criticizing it? Who would you expect to be your aid when you're under pressure? My Christian friends. 
Come on, do you see in verse 5 who it is? Don't, don't you think verse 3 is fitting then? God, help me to say the right things to my Christian friends who criticize me when they need to be encouraging me. Snap at your mate because they're getting on you and you're under pressure and you don't, you're just thinking they should understand. Right? Um, miserable comforters are ye all. I love those words that Job said. <laughs> and sometimes that's the way it is. You see, David's pressure clearly was from wicked people who were trying to destroy him. Verse 9, verse 10. But it wasn't just there. It was from Christians who should have been encouraging him. And they were smacking him upside the head. And he needed God's help to keep his tongue. Let me tell you something. This is so practical in life. And quite honestly, verse 3 is so desperately needed. Now when everything's going fine, no, we do need God. To, yes, we do. But especially in times when the pressure's on and when people who should know better are saying things they ought not say. God set a watch and keep the door of my lips. May that be our prayer. Not just every day when things are going fine, but especially when we are in the heat of the moment. Um, I know in the heat of the moment, I've said things and I've regretted them as soon as I've said them. Wish I never let them out of my, let, let it go. <laughs> and, um, uh, and I would suspect probably all say the same thing. And those some um, destroy relationships, hurt people, and maybe sometimes make our difficulty all the greater. And so may our prayer be, uh, verse 3, God, in this strife, when I'm tired, I'm weary, I'm afraid, I'm hurting, my life's in danger, God... Help me not to say something I shouldn't say. Um, you know, there's uh, something else that is a temptation that we need to be concerned about. And, and we, you know what, let's just park it there. That's a great thought to leave with, isn't it? God, just keep a door on my lips when I'm under pressure this week. And uh, all the time. And uh, yeah, look, we're going to just, we're leaving it there. We're parking on verse 3. Think on that. Meditate on these things. And, um, and I hope they will be both an encouragement and as well um, a challenge. Because that's what we found in just these first three verses as we dig in uh, to a psalmist who needs God's help. And we do as well. 